Welcome to Mission Evolution Radio Show with Gwilda Wiecka, bringing together today's leading experts to uncover ever-deepening spiritual truths and the latest scientific developments in support of the evolution of humankind. For more information on Mission Evolution Radio with Gwilda Wiecka, visit www.missionevolution.org. And now, here's the host of Mission Evolution, Miss Gwilda Wiecka. Hello, dear friends, and welcome to Mission Evolution Radio Show, where we share thoughts with leading experts, uncover expansive and evolutionary truths to support the path to unity and enlightenment. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. This hour, we'll be exploring lucid living. As the sun continues its cyclic journey around the galaxy, the Earth is being bathed in an increase of ambient frequencies. These expansive bandwidths of light support evolution, unity, and enlightenment. One separation that we all experience yet seem to give little thought to is that between the dream state and waking. As we evolve into a more unified consciousness, many are reporting that their dreams are becoming increasingly lucid. Some say their dream state is bleeding into the waking one. What is this separation between sleeping and wakefulness? As we become more unified, will our conscious waking state and our unconscious dreaming one unite? What will the ramifications be of unifying the two? Can our dreams actually help us in our waking lives to become more lucid? Our guest this hour is uniquely qualified to help us explore this most intriguing evolutionary topic. Craig Sim Webb, author of Dreams and Death, The Benefits for the Living and the Dying, is a speaker, author, researcher on dreams, applied psychology and consciousness, as well as a physicist and biomedical inventor. Craig is a McGill University graduate with pioneering dream research at Stanford University and Montreal's Chakracore Hospital with the aim of sharing empowering practical information and techniques and skills. Mr. Webb has the honor to be an invited expert for major motion pictures, Fortune 500 corporations, various universities, and well over a thousand international media. His website, AppliedDreaming.com. Craig, thanks so much for being with us on Mission Evolution today. Hey, great to join you again, Gwilda. And uh, any interesting dreams this morning? <laughs> well, as a matter of fact, I always have interesting dreams. <laughs> I imagine. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you go from a degree in physics to being a dreaming researcher? Well, that's an interesting journey. Uh, they both start with a P, I say, psychologist and physicist here. Maybe uh, for some people that's the only connection. But actually, I see them pretty... Now, now in retrospect, I see them pretty uh, connected because I was interested in asking, hey, how does the universe work? How do, what are the principles of life? And initially, I started studying uh, university and science. And then I guess life gave me a, a, a real bang. And uh, under a raft, whitewater rafting, I uh, almost drowned. Mm. And then suddenly started remembering up to about 10 dreams a day, having lucid dreams or, or dreams during which I knew I was dreaming, premonitions and clear things, specific details that came true. And things that were way outside of my, I guess, traditional scientific training and really blew my mind. But I started exploring, researching, noting the data because I would remember about 10 dreams a day mm, mm -hmm. and uh, some other surprising things, uh, at least surprising to me at the time. And so after a while, I started slowly and surely integrating these two not-so-disparate aspects, one maybe uh, physical physics and the other uh, more towards metaphysics, but there, there could be a nice spectrum between the two. Well, here's a tough one for you. What exactly are dreams? Yeah, that's a tough one. Uh, because everybody uses the word so differently, too. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, they and, do. And many people use it for two major senses or two major, I guess, meanings that are that seem at first different. Like they say, oh, I had this dream this morning where I was walking or with mom or that kind of dream, the overnight sleeping dream. And then people also say, oh, I wish uh, I could become a movie star or I have this dream of owning my own business. Or They use it uh, for their life goals and their, I guess, wishes in life. And actually, I don't see those two things as too disparate or too disconnected because really the, the big inspirations for our life and our, our strong desires actually come often in dreams. Uh, we may not make the connection, but they come with little hints or, or maybe our first waking thought. And so the, the beautiful future that could be our life calls to us through dreams. And, and that's where our, our big dreams come from. 
but scientifically, uh, there's these cycles that happen about uh, every 90 minutes in sleep cycles or circadian rhythms. And during the latter portion of that cycle, you know, for average person on average night, usually closer to the morning hours, not the first few sleep cycles, uh, we have these visual journeys that we often call dreams, even though other dreamlike experiences or at least experiences that aren't normal waking experiences happen during different parts of the cycle. But usually we call these visual REM dreams, uh, the one that most people refer to. And I guess today we'll refer more to those types of dreams. So why are dreams so necessary? Yeah, that's a good question. Well, have you found any value for applying dreams in your life, like benefits that when you've taken a choice on a dream yourself? Yes, I, I follow my dreams very, very closely because I found them to be precognizant sometimes or turn yeah. them around and use them to set intent and move it into the world. So I think they're real powerful. Okay, kind of like a, a seeding or a proving grounds for the... The, the preview of life's coming attractions, something like that. Uh, sometimes they can point to these bright futures or even warning dreams. Some of the listeners probably have nightmares. So dreams that are upsetting, shocking, especially if they're recurring, can point to upcoming potential futures that probably we don't want to go to. That's why they're kind of bad feeling or warnings. And so uh, I say nightmares, lucky you. So one of the benefits uh, can be avoiding potential disasters like ruined relationship, lost job, health problems, that kind of thing. Or uh, the positive side, it can really call us to our life vision or, or give huge creative insight that could really bring much more success. Just like uh, the 200 artists that I researched and interviewed for my new book, uh, The Dreams Behind the Music. You might be surprised about uh, somewhere around 20 to 50 Grammy Awards, including many best songs, actually were directly inspired by the artist's dreams. It's, it's amazing, isn't it, how... Um... If you interact with your dreams, you become so much more than if you don't, it seems like. What, what happens when a person is deprived of REM sleep? Yeah, well, it does happen more often in the sleep lab. But sometimes uh, if we have alcohol, that actually limits our dreaming, uh, that portion of our sleep that has uh, visual stories, depending how much we have, a, little, a glass of wine won't do it. But if we've had too much, that can limit it. And then uh, other things, medications or strange sleep habits, or uh, in the sleep lab, uh, for example, will interrupt people just when they start their little rapid eye movements, their eyes move around under their eyelids, and then uh, we'll sort of wake them up, and then they go back to sleep. And any time that they start having these REM movements, the, the REM dreams, wake them up. And we'll see this very interesting effect uh, once the interruptions or the awakenings are stopped, or in the case of somebody who's been doing all-nighters for exams or, or having lots of alcohol for a few days, or sometimes weed, different substances can, can have the same effect. When they stop that or when we stop the interruptions in the sleep lab, all of a sudden there's a huge amount of the REM or the, the dreaming. In other words, dreams go crazy and try to catch up. Just like a rebalancing, I suppose. Hmm. You know, we spend a third of our lives doing sleeping and dreaming. And yet most people just don't give it any thought. You know, are we missing a lot there? And what? Yeah, well, they say something about a sixth of our life is actually during these visual storyline dreams. So, yeah, a third of our life in, in sleep. I believe there's lots of super valuable things going on in sleep outside of what people normally call dreams. Certainly, deep sleep is, is pretty exciting. That's where we get charged up for the day. Uh, but uh, I guess uh, our culture kind of forgot it, you know. We, uh, I think, let it slip, the value of these things. There's some good reasons. Some uh, aren't too obvious, and that is maybe when somebody like Newton comes along with the nuts and bolts laws of how things work, force equals mass times acceleration, and a, a sort of very physical view of life and, and maybe the universe at that time. Uh, then people focus a bit more on that, and, uh, and then Rene Descartes says, I think, therefore I am, and the mental mind and the intellect get more forefront. And so we forget intuitive, we forget connections with feelings, emotions, the body, and dreams often get lumped into that. And then there's some more obvious reasons, like the Inquisition and uh, some of the witch hunts and the burnings and crusades and things, where uh, it was really dangerous, like even life-threatening, to be researching alchemy or dreams or precognitions or things like that. So there's some good reasons why I think we forgot it. But now more and more it's coming. I think people are starting to connect with it uh, back in 1900s. 
Sigmund Freud published his book, The Interpretation of Dreams, I guess just around the turn of the century, 1901 or 1905, depending which printing. And then lots of research started in the next 20 to 50 to 100 years. Then lucid dreaming became a big thing now. That it's really going in the media and the, in the movies also. Uh, and so people are getting more interested in trying it, really. That's what I say. You don't have to believe it. You don't have to necessarily like read all the studies. But just try some of the techniques or listen to some of the applications and see if you can have success with that. Like some of these artists who dreamt up their Grammy-winning hits. And then uh, if it works for you, great. You'll prove it for yourself and you don't, nobody needs to convince you. It's amazing. The, you know, the indigenous people's dreams are extremely important. Some, like the aboriginals, believe that we dream this reality into existence. Um, do you think that's true? Definitely resonates for me. Uh, they might mean it more in a philosophical sense sometimes, like as humanity dreams the world into creation. But even physics shows that these particles that end up as matter you know, quantum physics, which I study. These particles that end up as matter, like uh, our bed sheet, our clothes, the chair we're sitting on, the computer, whatever we have around us, uh, originate on subtle levels and they sort of get created and coalesce together into these forms before they're physical. And that's, I believe, where dreams uh, focus attention and well, we're going to have right we're going to have to take a little little pause here. It's time for a commercial break. Craig and I will be back after this commercial break, so you don't go away. You're listening to the Mission Evolution Radio Show, coming to you on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simo TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simo TV. Simo TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, sci-fi, and horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at SimulTV.com. Do it today. Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the Esoteric series, Modern Esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com.
Welcome back. This is Mission Evolution Radio Show, dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. Remember, past episodes are available on our website, missionevolution.org. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka, and our guest this hour is Craig Sim Webb. His website, applieddreaming.com. Craig, I'd like to get back into the precognitive uh, aspect of dreams. Um, you were talking about how we can actually take a dream as a warning and change outcome. Yeah, well, we change probable outcomes. So when I think uh, we have an upsetting nightmare or maybe a really positive vision, because we get both types about different kind of bright futures or really unpleasant futures, uh, it's a probable future. It's a likelihood, often a likely future, sometimes very likely, because, uh, example, a lot of people pre-dreamt pretty clear indications of September 11th, the terrible disasters. So that was an extremely likely future that, uh, you know, probably the culture in the world for some reason wanted. And many people dreamt of it ahead or the tsunami in Asia about a decade ago. Or these big events are, are very likely. But then in our personal lives, some events are more shiftable. So yeah, if we get a warning dream and then we act on it, we make a different choice or we change something or uh, hopefully uh, heal something then uh, we can often avoid unpleasant future. Or if we're getting calling dream, I call it a calling dream, like the vision quest kind of dreams that youths go on in a lot of traditional indigenous societies. They get a big calling for their life. And we act on it, then maybe we can bring that vision, that creative insight, if we're an artist, alive and, and offer that gift. Uh, really offer our dreams to the world. And I think that's another way to say how dreams become real. We act on them. Do you think that um, we can manifest our, through the dream state into ordinary reality, like set our intention and dream what we want to create? Yeah, dreams are uh, fluid as you practice. It sounds like you've done some dream incubation yourself or intentional dreaming, I like to say. Uh, and really, I think of lucid dreaming or being fully conscious in dream state as a spectrum. And we can intend or start to control or at least guide our dreams uh, before sleep just by, you know, having a topic that we want to sleep on it or having a clear intention specific like, wow, I'd like to uh, connect with a new romantic partner or I'd like to get an insight for this programming job at, at work. And then dreams uh, will naturally respond. Probably many of the listeners have slept on a problem and woken up with the answer. And sometimes they'll remember the actual scenario from a dream, just like Larry Page, who was looking for a great idea for his thesis and ended up dreaming the key idea seed that became now, I think, $800 billion company, uh, Google, or $750 billion. But anyways, a huge company with obviously lots of work later, but the seed came to the CEO at the time in the dream. That's amazing. And, you know, it seems like I've I've talked to people that when they get writer's block, if they quit trying to think about it and try to dream on it, it makes all the difference in the world. Yeah, Is that the same thing you're talking about? Yeah, that's a good way to say it, because the words are important. When you say think about, that's often kind of a linear progression, maybe the intellect. And dreams are pretty close to intuitive skills or gut feelings, hunches. Uh, they come kind of through a different channel of information than just figuring out. Maybe something like figuring in would be a better phrase. But yeah, when we stop thinking and we allow uh, the other deeper mind, the subconscious, or however you want to think of it to help, it definitely is glad to. And uh, it's good to sort of clear our mind first. For example, if we go to sleep all stressed about work or relationships or something, health maybe, uh, that is almost, a, or it actually is a pretty clear suggestion, but it's usually sort of hodgepodge mixed up. And it's probably, if it's just sort of unconscious stress, it's not something that we want to create more of. But the subconscious works a little bit like a computer program, you know, garbage in, garbage out. So it's good to have a clear mind and then a clear intention if we're going to do that before sleep. What um, is a daydream? How does this? How does they? How do they play in here? Daydreams, yeah, right. or musings, or wanderings, or creative states for writers and uh, filmmakers and things. Uh, there's definitely lots of altered states, uh, not just during sleep. There's many stages of sleep and different aspects of each stage. Uh, but there's different states in waking life we call daydreams. Sometimes people call uh, have actual out-of-body experiences, but they're you know very, more or less fully awake like the moment before they were perceiving their physical bedroom or their house or their office maybe, or nature. And then the next moment they're perceiving uh, the distant past or they're having a deja vu of a, a conversation that's just happening or about to happen. 
Or just uh, go off into a daydream state and maybe think of somebody and then later the person calls. So there's definitely a lot of interesting states and uh, they can start to be tapped just like sleeping dreams at night uh, for potential benefits for everybody and certainly for the people in our own lives, but even for the greater community. You said something interesting a little earlier I'd like to go back to, and that's how many people, and I've, I've had reports of this, uh, dream about a major catastrophe that affects a lot of people before it happens. And, of course, we're less able as individuals to change the outcome when it affects so many people than if it's just something in our lives. Does that indicate that we have an interconnectedness in our dreams that we're not aware of in the waking state? Yeah, well, it's definitely, uh, probably some of the listeners are fairly aware of that. I uh, lead teleclasses, online classes, and many of the students, sometimes even before they first join or, or meet me, are aware that uh, they have sort of something like an inner version of Skype or uh, WhatsApp or one of these kind of chat programs. But they can connect with others inside, you know, not from physical means. And certainly something like that is operating. I call it the inner net. It's kind of like the internet, but it's inside us, often during dreams. And really anything that appears in life just like the internet or maybe the cellular networks or things that aren't invisible or invisible and not obvious, the cyber world, will have an inner equivalent. And in this case, that uh, helps people connect about future events. So across time, it can be across geography. We can connect with someone at a distance. Uh, remote viewing is another phrase for that. Or also we can connect telepathically with things people might not have shared yet. For example, uh, I dreamt this script idea for a TV show and in the dream, uh, somebody was in the subway, which is an uh, underground subway, a metro, I guess, which is an interesting symbol for the unconscious. Uh, but they were trying to get me to remember very clearly the name, and I recognized the person. In waking life, I phoned, uh, after I woke up, I phoned the person and said, hey, uh, you don't happen to be working on a script by this name, because in my dream this morning, uh, I saw it, and it was this name script. And I'm just checking, because sometimes these things bear out true in life. And the person was really surprised and actually a bit nervous, because they said they hadn't told anybody yet. But yes, they were working on a script with that exact name, and uh, it ended up being part of a larger TV show. So interesting how we can connect on the internet and then find out interesting practical info. I'd like to pick on your uh, physicist side. How, how does that work? Yeah, well, I, probably there's lots of descriptions. Uh, somehow we can tune outside of physical perception. So uh, traditional physics, sort of the nuts and bolts physics, will, will draw lines at some of these places. But let's say that we can somehow go beyond just the, the physical particles. Certainly with consciousness, there's some element that people agree is consciousness that animates people and animals and hopefully nature and things. And so on that level, we're much freer from time. There's no physical constraints of this linear time that we often go by, clocks, the chronos kind of time. And we can enter into what's called Cairo time, Kairos time, uh, which is freer from linear moments. And so we can tune into the future. We can tune into the past. Uh, we can think of it kind of like uh, if you look at a big, I guess, highway from high up. You can see the next 10 exits, or maybe farther even, and the 10 past exits. In other words, you have an aerial view above the, the linear highway. So the same thing in dreams. We have an aerial view, but in this case, it's a timeline, not just the highway. We can see future moments and past moments. And if we study that or think like that, you might also be able to see probable futures and probable presence or sort of uh, probable realities in physics, choices that some other deeper level part of us made that uh, aren't our current uh, experience in life. So there's a lot of fascinating things. I don't think anybody has a full answer, but there's a hint or two. Just, just a few, huh? So you're talking about uh, looking, you know, as you take an aerial view um, and looking at timeline, but you're talking timelines, right? Like there's more than one option? Yeah, well, certainly uh, we know in life there's lots of future options. Uh, there, it ends up being sort of quantum physics and probable realities or probable uh, we won't get too deep into it, but you did ask for my physicist here. So there's uh, the Heisenberg uncertainty principle says we can't tell exactly where an electron is or any particle and tell exactly what it's doing at the same time. In other words, it's sort of in a few places if we want to know exactly what it's doing or if we know exactly where it is, then we won't know exactly what it's going to do next. So there's a strange thing that there's always probable realities going on. On the, the macro scale of life, we don't really realize it, but there's always little choices we make, and then we shift timelines, you could say, if you like that phrase. 
And I believe, and we can experience in dreams, that other parts of us that choose the different timelines can communicate with us, offer us insights. And we, again, when we get warning dreams, that's some part of us that chose an unpleasant future and saying, don't come here. And if it's a beautiful vision, kind of a calling dream, then it's probably a very bright future. And that part of us is saying, hey, come here. It's really beautiful. It feels good. So with all that considered, uh, the, the power and the value of being more cognizant and interactive with our dreams starts to come to the fore, doesn't it? Yeah, I like to say, like, we don't have to. You know, there's people who get by without uh, remembering or maybe acting on their dreams. First of all, I think there's just a big payoff in boosting our intuition because dream recall is really just intuition at night. So if, even if we just write our dreams down, we're boosting intuition or hunches or good, good gut feelings. But if we do start to look at them more and more, then we'll see some of the payoffs. But we don't have to. I say it's like Internet. Uh, we don't have to use it in life. We don't have to use a GPS. We don't have to use uh, email, Skype, visit web pages. But once we realize how valuable it is, most people want to. Same for dreams. And as they've been around forever, and, and now we're just relearning how to use them. I think it's pretty fascinating times. So we're going to have to take another short pause. Craig and I will return to our discussion on the other side of this break. So you stay right there. This is the Mission Evolution Radio Show on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. Don't leave us now. Broadcast studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, to the world and beyond. You're watching the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. AVS Media. I am Dr. Carl O'Helvey, founder, president of a new cancer foundation focusing on evidence-based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions, including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnix, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the Word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God, it was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God. And finally, after the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. 
For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Welcome back. This is Mission Evolution Radio Show, www.missionevolution.org, bringing the latest tools and information to support the path to enlightenment. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka, and our very special guest is Craig Sim Webb. To find out more about Craig and all he offers, visit his website, applieddreaming.com. Craig, we are talking about evolution here on, on this show. How do you see dreams as being able to help us evolve? Uh, well, uh, d- dreams are going to, and, and let's say the invisible realm, because dreams are a big part of that, but there's other elements to it. it I don't know if I can, it's going to even help us evolve. It's just uh, in always in a growth and becoming state. So I don't know if help is the right word. It's just going to grow. Uh, if we want to think of it in terms of a helpful force, yes, uh, it's definitely there. We do have inner personalized, more personalized guides. So so I think it's just a natural process. But we do have personalized inner guides. And often the deceased, you know, friends, family, uh, uh, other maybe celebrities or famous figures from the past can come in dreams and guide us, give us insight, teach us skills. Like uh, actually Jimi Hendrix comes and teaches living guitarists really tough guitar licks that they practice during sleep, like Stevie Ray Vaughan, and then uh, you know later play on stage and stuff. So we can get more personalized help, and I think it helps us individually evolve. And if we act from some of those insights, maybe our creative vision, or if we avoid an upsetting sort of nightmare future, an unpleasant future, if we act on those things, then our personal gifts end up reaching more people. It's really crucial that we act on the insights. Otherwise, the dreams just stay with us, and then they sort of stay inside, and nobody really benefits. Certainly, we won't benefit, but others won't also. And and usually, the calling dreams are calling for more than just our lives. So I think personally, we act, and then the evolution happens as each person gives their gift. I like to say their little mosaic of the, their little piece of the greater mosaic of world peace. Very beautiful. It's like a jigsaw puzzle, yes? Yeah, and each person has a very important and you know, not so huge piece. I think Gandhi says, what you do isn't important, so don't have a big ego. But it's very important that you do it. Mm. Yeah, how true. How true. So do you see that the our dreams come out through the arts more than any other uh, medium? Actually, I see it across the board. The The recent book I wrote, The Dreams Behind the Music, mostly talks about musical artists just because it's a natural fit. You know, songwriters are tuning in. They even sometimes the, the Celts go on song quests, the ancient Celts and maybe some of the modern day Celts. Celts. So they get the vision and the music for their life uh, in dreams. So it's natural. I call them the rock and roll shamans out there and uh, Sting dreamt his biggest hit. The Beatles' two biggest hit came from dreams and some of these things. So arts and creativity is a natural fit. But it doesn't have to be a pure, raw, creative like that. It might be more business or programming or architecture. I've seen lots of things like that. Uh, Inventions are another obvious one. Edison, Thomas Edison, pretty famous guy who was also very rich, uh, often used little sort of catnaps or sort of pre-sleep or hypnagogic sleep just before entering into full sleep. Uh, types of naps to get key insights for the business, for the inventions. You know, we have the symbol of the light bulb going off for a great idea. Well, he would often get his light bulb flashes just on the edge of sleep and, and would actually lie in his little personal closet at work, you know, in his full duds, in his full uh, business suit, in a tight little closet so that he wouldn't sleep too deeply and he'd get the insights. And He was so successful. He encouraged employees to, it was okay to take naps uh, on the job too. Maybe not hours worth, but little cat naps to get creative insights. Yeah, it's it's amazing. I wonder I wonder if our sleep habits have been influenced by necessity, like our lifestyle, and if we were to change them, if we could get more information. Yeah, well, it's, if uh, people want to boost dream recall, which can be one of the benefits, you know, you have to get the doorway open or we have to get an inner net connection. 
then one of the good things is to shift our sleep habits a little bit. We can try sleeping on the couch instead of the normal bed. Or when we travel, people may notice that they sleep lighter and may remember more dreams. That's very common. I get that all the time. But we can intentionally just even shift the time or duration of our sleep uh, and break it up a little bit too. So change the sleep habit and location. Example, uh, we go to sleep a few hours in our normal bed, but then we go to the couch for the last three hours. And uh, Stanford University lucid dreaming research, I showed that uh, we're, more, we're about four times more likely to have a lucid dream during that last little phase because we kind of jarred our consciousness a little bit uh, to enter dreams. So some pretty exciting ways to just move around our sleep a little bit. What um, what is uh, the benefit of lucid dreaming and and I've had a lot more reports of it lately when in my clients that their their dreams are becoming more lucid. What's the difference between a lucid dream and a regular dream? Hmm. Well, different people use the phrase differently, so that's important. I've heard people use it uh, in what's a non-traditional sense. They just mean a clearer dream. But actually, I define it as more of a spectrum of experience. I don't even think it's a linear spectrum because there's lots of like side offshoots also. But let's just say rough scientific definition is to be conscious in a dream that we're dreaming, to know that we're dreaming while our body's asleep in bed. And then uh, there's lots of steps before that, like intending a dream before sleep or dreaming on a, sleeping on a topic. That would be incubation, but it's starting to become lucid because we're choosing the content. And then uh, maybe uh, during a dream sometimes characters are doing strange things like flying or they say, wow. If this was a dream, you know, you could fly and then we wake up saying, wow, I didn't re realize I was almost lucid. And then some really super lucid states, well, beyond the official definition where we're in a deep void of rich, sort of uh, powerful, maybe even electric blackness or nothingness, but not an empty nothingness, almost like the potential for all matter and the potential for all probabilities at the core of the wheel of experience that then bridges out or I guess expands out maybe into dreams and then later hopefully through actions into our life so there's some pretty amazing altered states and the more and more we can be lucid usually the the greater the benefits so i uh um, am i to understand we're kind of outside of time and space when we dream yeah it's a good way to say it the physical perceptions which are going to lock us into our standard timeline and space continuum here are turned off mostly you know we have a little bit uh, if there's the coffee maker goes off or the doorbell rings or maybe the phone if we didn't put it on don't disturb mode uh, can disturb our sleep so we have a little bit of physical perception on but mostly uh, we have uh, the physical senses turned off and yet we're having full experiences most of us at least those who remember dreams so it is pretty clear that there's other channels of information otherwise how could we be experiencing something right and that uh, people generally call dreams or Maybe they just call it mind chatter, but and there might be some of that, depending how well they cleared their mind. But there's definitely some altered states and perceptions that can tune into, especially interesting when, when we do things like remote viewing or we tune into other people's thoughts or distant locations, images or events that are going on or things like that. And then we check it later. And then it more or less proves, at least for us personally, and then if we get a group of people and statistically measure it, we can start to prove that, yeah, there's some type of perception that's free from geography and time, and it happens clearer during dreams, but also people uh, can tap it during waking life, intuitive hits, you know, we often use that. So if we can get a handle on this, if you will, uh, it's quite a tool, isn't it? Because you're, you're able to get information outside of time and space at will if you practice it. Yeah, well, at will can be uh, inside quotes, let's say. Uh, there's definitely a lot of stretch to at will in different ways. And what is will and who are we when it's, we're choosing at that level and things. So, But let's just say that we can get lots of powerful information, usually more clearly when we're conscious or lucid in the altered states, even like sort of lucid daydreams or lucid meditations for those who aren't fully asleep. And then full lucid dreams or these deep riches of uh, what in the Indian traditions might be called Mahashunya or the deep void or Nirvikapa Samadhi. Uh, and some of these states are very high yogic states. Uh, for example, one of the Indian yogis uh, practitioners wrote a little footnote in her experience of saying, hey, I chose to, I wanted to be conscious throughout the night and not lose my thread of you know, thinking and my consciousness. And she said she was able to after two years, she was quite advanced. But then she put a little footnote in the margin that says, by the way, four minutes of conscious deep sleep 
what we might call stage three or four sleep in, in science. Uh, four minutes of that is equivalent in energy and sort of life force to a whole night's rest. So I encourage you to check out some deep meditation or deep conscious uh, or deep lucidity and conscious deep sleep because you can get really juiced up for life. It's, you, do you think that we can arrange our nights so that we do take full advantage of that sort of thing? Yeah, mostly uh, by preparation before sleep. So clearing our mind, maybe by the diet we eat, uh, obviously setting our sleep cycle and temperature in the room and some other factors can affect it. But certainly our intentions and uh, also how well we show up for it, because think of it like a deeper friend. Really, it's the true friend that stays while some of the others come and go in life, our inner friend. Uh, but if we don't spend any time with that friend, in other words, we don't remember dreams or act on them or don't pay any attention, or if we actually do remember dreams and then act differently from the insights that came, uh, that friend may not spend so much time with us. So we can certainly do it by uh, our commitment level, like, like dating. You know, when we want to go steady or get married, uh, our inner friend will show up equivalent to how much we're committed. <laughs> That's a good good metaphor. And speaking of metaphors, uh, you were talking about helpers, that sometimes Jimi Hendrix or somebody will come in your dreams to help you learn something. Um, do you think that's literal, or do you think we're dealing in metaphor there and archetypes? Like a, a symbolic person from the subconscious, mm -hmm. uh, some part of ourselves showing up as this character. Yeah, it's a good question, and uh, I've, had, I've heard that one before. I like to say that uh, it doesn't really matter if the information is practical. So if it's something that we can act on in life, you know, as a, as a guidance, maybe skill training or a creative insight or something like that, uh, then it's really valuable stuff. And it doesn't really matter whether it's part of our mind's makeup of symbolism of characters and things uh, or not, because the, the thing that we can get from it, the harvest is valuable. But some people like to say or no. So I believe that we actually do connect with the deceased on some level. Wow. Well, we're going to have to pick up with the deceased on the other side of a quick commercial break. Craig and I will be back shortly, so don't you dare go away. You're listening to the Mission Evolution Radio Show on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simo TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, sci-fi, and horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. The new nonfiction book, Razor of Madness, is similar to cult movies like Clockwork Orange, Dragon's Tattoo, or The Other Side of Hell. Wayne Morin Jr. and Thomas Lee Howe will expose widespread and systematic deficiencies in this thought-provoking tell-all novel. Mind control rages among scholars in law schools. Human rights are ignored while thought reform and mental manipulation are accepted practices used as behavior modification. Dr. Louis Jolion West comes to mind. Media and public scrutiny shows that United States mental hospitals are in fact destructive murder industries. Razor of Madness Expose Novel details this epidemic through an in-depth professional and personal investigation. For decades there has been a revolving door policy that still releases killers and pedophiles back into society. The maestro of mind control continues to haunt America to this very day. Razor of Madness is available in paperback or as a downloadable ebook at Amazon.com. I'm William S. Peckham. If you enjoy a good mystery with a touch of the paranormal, then you'll love my novel, From Out of the Woodwork. 
It's the story of a young Toronto contractor, Sean Kennedy, who buys derelict homes, guts them, and turns them into multifamily dwellings. Slums just waiting to happen. When Sean buys 29 Livery Lane, the house fights back. Former owners unexpectedly come out of the woodwork as he starts the destruction. The apparitions come to him when he touches old books, reads hidden letters, rummages through old boxes, finds a locket or reads a discovered manuscript of a murder mystery. From out of the woodwork will take you from 1899 to the horror of the World Trade Center, September 11, 2001. Check out From Out of the Woodwork on my website, www.williamspeckham.com. Welcome back. This is Mission Evolution Radio Show, www.missionevolution.org, bringing the latest developments in an evolving world. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiyaka. I always love suggestions from my listeners. Email me at info at missionevolution.org to propose a topic or a guest that's on your mind. I'm sure we'll all really enjoy them. We're speaking with Craig Sim Webb, his website, applieddreaming.com. Craig, just before the break, we were going into an interesting part of dreams, and that's communicating with the dead. Would you please continue with that thought? Okay. Well, uh, maybe we have some discarnates listening here on the bandwidth, on the on the airwaves, <laughs> or the internet. Uh, who knows? But the, the nice thing to know is uh, it's really a personal experience. Dreams are always going to be us waking up with an experience, you know, maybe a bed partner beside us who uh, once in a while shared a mutual dream, but mostly it's just a private experience we have alone, and then uh, we choose to act on it, but certainly it changes our feeling, our makeup, maybe our thinking, our emotional state, uh, maybe it's an inner quickening, so a spiritual experience too, uh, but if we meet the deceased and we feel good about it, we feel love, we feel connection, I would take it as a valid, certainly a valid experience, and my cosmology says a valid meeting on some level with the, the being. Uh, and each dreamer and dream can be a little different, so sometimes it could be more symbolic. But example, Stevie Wonder, uh, one of the artists that many people like, uh, actually had a very powerful dream uh, that changed the whole course of his career, because uh, when his ma mother died, he said, okay, uh, to his manager and I guess tour booker and agent and everybody, please cancel all my appointments and concerts and everything for, uh, I guess, a year. And I, I really want to spend time mourning and appreciating the person who is the most important in my life. And actually, his mother helped write a lot of his music, some of the important songs like Science Seal Delivered. And I didn't know that, know. yeah. Yeah, so he was starting to grieve. And then, you know, a couple of weeks later, he phoned up his manager again. and <laughs> He phoned up producer and I guess uh, the tour bookers and all the people and said okay guys uh, put back on uh, the tour and set up my dates again and the media interviews and you know what let's add on this extra tour and I want to do two new albums and one of them dedicated to my mother and they were really surprised and a bit confused so what happened I said well my mom came to me in a dream and said Stevie in this time when you're grieving by the way a very universal thing you know you lost your mother and, and many people can connect with such feelings uh, that's actually one of the greatest times as an artist that you could really write and perform and share because it could really help and inspire many people. So he says, well, Mama said, so I put another tour back on and added a few things. That's amazing. It's like sometimes uh, an incident in our life like that will literally crack us open and can be the most creative times. How can we uh, come into those times without the tragedy? Yeah, well, part of it can be the interpretation. I certainly don't want to just have a quick glib answer for for someone's passing because it's usually a profound event and, and sometimes quite devastating in people's lives, depending on the circumstances. But just keep in mind with any emotional event, we can always choose our interpretation of the event. Uh, and one of the frameworks that may help people, and, and they can ask for a personal experience to help them trust it, but is that uh, some consciousness, some part of the being continues after life just like we we the physical body disappears but the the real inner being uh, exists on as it did before life and after life and if we tune to them like connecting through uh, inner net the internet we can sort of get messages info be with them i actually had a, a teleclass client who said you know i connect more with my deceased husband in dreams than i did in waking life so that's an interesting contrast there, and she was pretty happy about it. She said, we healed a lot of things, and we worked out because we'd fight and not talk. 
So it can be valuable. And I'll just usually, uh, I'll just mention the deceased, uh, when it's a true visitation, usually come with pretty important life info. And and maybe like somebody as an analogy who traveled from a distant country to come and spend time with us, they spent a bit of uh, inside energy to, to be able to give and deliver that info. So it's usually very important to listen to it and try to act on it best we can. So the um, when our ancestors come to visit, it's, it's, isn't it kind of like getting that overview of the highway? Because, you know, our ancestors and our descendants have the future and the past information as well as what we might have for the current. How can we best take advantage of those kind of dreams? Just to honor that, I would say it's good. Honoring that uh, we do have a lineage, even if we haven't thought about it like that, a cultural lineage, certainly, but a personal family lineage. Maybe in our career, we have a lineage of our heroes and the people that uh, we don't want to be like and things like that, past, present, and probably future. And so honoring those that we really think are doing great stuff will just naturally uh, align with those energies. And hopefully they'll also come as a mentor in dreams or some altered state anyways, maybe a deeper creative state and give us insights or teach us skills as, as many of the artists I wrote about and interviewed did. Uh, what what would you say to that one, Golda? Have you had success connecting with ancestors at all? Well, yeah, my my history being in shamanism, that's um, kind of a main thrust of, of the practice. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And it, it is amazing to me how much wisdom we actually have access to um, if if we do take the time to to uh, listen to our dreams. How would you give us advice on how you can tell a visitation from just a regular processing dream, a true visitation? Yeah, well, there's uh, interesting statistics that show that there's a little bit of a timeline to it. So this is a statistical timeline, and each person's experience will be a little different. So I don't want to say one size fits all. But statistically, uh, the deceased often come initially, you know, right after, either at the moment of their, what I call, graduation from Earth when they die. Uh, like uh, Joris Harrison's father appeared in the doorway to him, and uh, he felt it was really true visitation just the night before or at the moment of death. And uh, I think uh, the young George Harrison also had his father come and discussing him with him in a lucid dream about how life was after death and things. And uh, there's a very powerful emotional content. Uh, usually the timeline is the first week or two. And then uh, there might be uh, a period of somewhere about nine months, which is interesting in relation to like the human birth cycle. Uh, or I guess incubation of uh, a baby cycle. But then somewhere after about 9 to 12 months, then uh, there's usually more valid visitations. During that time of, I guess, about a week to nine months, there might be dreams of the person deceased or sometimes dismembered or, or some sort of emotional longing, missing them, trying to catch the boat and train with them and that kind of thing. But usually after about a year, it might be more chance for a valid visitation. But anything that feels like otherworldly, very clear, and usually a very strong emotional content, that's most likely a, a valid visitation. And, and we can certainly ask for such things uh, and sort of clear our emotional backlog, if you kill. If we have unfinished business, if we clear that out, we're more likely to have a valid visitation. Boy, that's really a good point, that our emotional backlog can really get in the way of accurate information, can't it? And the connection, yeah. Yeah. So how, what methods do you suggest people use to get rid of the emotional backlog? Uh, well, even just starting to look at dreams, uh, when I lead teleclasses, early on, I didn't really know how it worked. I just like went for it, you know, teaching and sharing some of the insights I'd gained at Stanford during lucid dreaming research there that you know, was brought to the world. And later back in Canada with the Dreams Foundation, sort of just starting to share. But then I realized there was this very natural process. People would often have really upsetting nightmares the first week or two. And I you know, when I started to see it with almost every student, I thought, what's this about? And did a little science and research and I guess first hypothesis, but then testing and see that people do have naturally an emotional backlog of things they haven't healed or listened to, guidance they haven't listened to. And it usually comes out as strong warnings or a strong nightmare from their subconscious. But as long as they act on it, address it or feel the feelings then uh, usually by week two or three of teleclass, they're starting to have rebirth building or at least uh, letting go in the traditional sense of like bathroom dreams or that kind of things or compost piles. And then by week five, six, seven, uh, they're having incredible creative dreams, visions, connecting with deceased. So I think it happens naturally the moment we attend to dreams. We clear the backlog and then all the good stuff comes. So attending to our dreams is therapeutic in itself. 
Yeah, just kind of opening the channel. And at start, it might be kind of strong messages like upsetting dreams or, or maybe a really clear vision we haven't been listening to. And it just comes once really clear before becoming a nightmare. And then as long as we uh, somehow integrate it into life, at least uh, act on it a little bit or maybe paint it or call a person if they appeared in our dream and you know, sort of check it out. Maybe not the boss because we want to test these things out carefully first until we get to know a little better. But then uh, we start to see that dreams respond, hey, this person showed up for me. They acted on the insights I brought. You know, these inner guides come more and more because they realize, hey, somebody's going to do something with this info. It's not just wasted. You know, what do dreams have to do with our concept of reality? Probably depends quite a bit differently for each person, I'd say. For me, it's ended up as a really strong experiential version of trust. I wouldn't even say faith, more like a capital K knowing that who I am, uh, the deeper Craig here, <laughs> exists well beyond the physical body that's kind of talking on a microphone on the radio now. Uh, and I just know that in my whole being because I've had dream experiences where I've been clearly outside of the physical bedroom, outside of the body, and tuned into things at a distance and met with deceased and, and lots of things that I think I imagine will be somewhat like some of the experiences after graduating from life. So that's a pretty nice change uh, of you know, profound shift of trust in life and trust in the process of continuing after life. But there's so many other things that I think can change in people's lives. Well, it's it's just, it amazes me um, every time I talk to you, the depth of our dream state and, and your grasp of it. I can't thank you enough for being on the show. It's hard to believe, but we are all out of time. Um, and our guest this hour has been Craig Sims-Webb, author of Dreams and Death, the Benefits for the Living and the Dying. And this is a gentleman you want to look up. To find out more about Craig and all the wonderful things he does in our world, um, visit his website, applieddreaming.com. And remember to join our email family to stay abreast of all the exciting new things we have coming up at missionevolution.org. This has been Mission Evolution Radio Show with Gwilda Wiecka on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. Join us next time as the mission continues to bring resources and support to an evolving world. Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the Esoteric series, Modern Esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com. Are you or is someone you know struggling with addictions, depression, anxiety, relationships, low self-esteem, lack of confidence, grief, success, and prosperity? Do you know that your subconscious belief plays a big role in the outcome of your hard work? We can help you permanently change the beliefs that may be the reason for your struggles and failures. We care about getting you the return on your investment and the results you are looking for. We can help you be free of the limitations of your past and in realizing your highest potential. We work with people by phone and Skype. For more information, visit us at www.ritasoman.com. That's www.ritasoman.com.
Do you think you have energy problems in your home? Do you feel better when you're away than when you're home? Joey Korn is a global leader in the world of dowsing who specializes in personal energy clearing and space clearing. He can help you create an ideal energy environment in your home no matter where you live in the world. Learn about his remote spiritual house cleaning services and much more at www.dowsers.com. You can get Joey's book, Dowsing, A Path to Enlightenment, as well as other dowsing books and tools, Kabbalah books, and Walter Russell books. Joey's work is really amazing. Go to dowsers.com right now. That's D-O-W-S-E-R-S dot com or call 1-877-DOWSING. That's 1-877-369-7464.